Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Horaholics podcast with your excellent host, Angel. This is John Masari. Enjoy. Space, and we're here on Horrorholics, and we're going to be getting into our great little podcast and talk about all kinds of things scream and cons and stunts and everything related. Check it out. All right. Thank all you, right. Lee Waddell. Uh, welcome, welcome to this podcast. Thanks it's an honor having you on. You know, yeah. I, love, I love doing podcasts, they're a lot of fun, and it's, it's a cool way to, to meet people and, and you know, get some exposure and have a good time. And it's, I always, I always. I always do podcasts, big or small, doesn't matter. I always like playing with them and having a good time. Yeah. Now, actually, um, so when I found out that you did the stunts for Scream 1 and 2, I thought you only did stunts for only Scream 1, and then I thought you did Scream 2, which I both like Scream 1 and 2. They're my favorites. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I'm, I'm an aspiring actor, and... I've always like wondered like what's the process to get on a horror film set or anything along the lines of that? It's funny you say that. That's a great question. So, you know, back when I was getting into the industry at that point, I was here we are in the early eighties, right? Is when I started coming in to wanting to make movies. And uh, there was a book and I'm going to tell a story about this later on another, uh, for my Instagram page, but there was a book, by a town agent by the name of Nina Blanchard, I think. I think that was her name. And she was a modeling agent, and, you know, she did some film and TV, and she wrote a book that was just brutal. I mean, it was the, it was a knockdown, drag-out book on why you shouldn't get into the film business or the modeling business or any of that stuff. So I read it, and it was a straightforward book, but all it did was made me double down. I'm like, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong. And that's what I did. But it was a fantastic book. You know, so um, back in my day, we'd get onto sets by doing extras work, right? So we'd go sign up at, at some of the big extra casting houses and we'd get onto the sets. And then I could meet some, you know, some of the stunt guys, maybe the stunt coordinator, and just make these inroads. So that's, that's how I started. I, it was a flat out hustle. I think my first extras work was on a movie, John Carpenter movie, which I was a big fan of John Carpenter, right? He did a movie yeah. called yeah. He did a movie called Christine back in 83, 84, right? Great movie. Oh, that's sick. Great movie. Had, had cool cars and cool effects and, you know, it was a, it was a fun movie. Um, so that was my first extras uh, role, so to speak, you know, and from then I got on there and watched them do some stunts and met a couple of guys and just started networking my way in and did some more extras work on some other shows. And, you know, it was a 10-year overnight success. 
Nice. It, take, it takes a minute. It's not. It's not going to be given to you. Yeah, yeah kind of figured. Like, like, I, I feel like, like horror movie sets are like the, like sometimes like they're chill and like you know very fun. What's your take on that? I mean, it depends what's going on. A movie's a movie. I mean, if you're. And sometimes you're making a fun movie, and sometimes it's real intense. And even when you're making a fun movie, sometimes it's real intense. So it kind of kind of depends on what the how many if you're behind schedule and over budget, and you got a big old huge shot list, and you're trying to go through pages, and, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we fun stunts was great. I loved my stunt career. It was fantastic. Nice. nice. Now, now, how did you, how come, did about you come about booking Scream? Scream. So Scream came to me. I was really good friends with the stunt coordinator at Second Unit Director by the name of Tony Seaton. And Tony's, you know, he's still around. He goes out and does comms, kind of like I do, and he's the one who got me into that business also. So Tony and I had known each other, and uh, when Scream came along, and I'd been working a little bit by then, and so when the opportunity Scream came up, you know, he goes, I knew it. I'd, I'd already met Wes. I knew Wes because I'd worked with him on some other shows with him starting i think my first west show was nightmare one so you know i knew west craven i knew children caesar and it was really easy to plug me into yeah um, um now what was like what was like the scream set like you know how did it go about um how did the whole iconic opening scene go like how did that like plan out i guess so that scene, um, uh, that scene happened kind of organically. So like Roger Jackson was there, who was my voice, <laughs> right? But yeah. he was yeah. not on, he was always hidden. Drew never got to see him. Um, I didn't see him. And then um, Drew and I were kept separate for quite a while until it was time to really start that sequence because we had a bunch of stuff to do in the house. Mm. And so... Um, that was scene one, first day of shooting, take one, and here we go. I mean, that's very seldom do you get to shoot a script in sequence, right? It's usually, you know, it's just all over, depending on where you need to go, right? So, but yeah. on that particular film, we had the ability to shoot in sequence for the first, quite a lot of it actually, but the first week or two was, was rocking pretty good as far as following the script. Wow. Now, um, I think we met, uh, I, I, you know, I met you in, uh, at CreepyCon over in Ontario, and I think that same night I showed my little sister, um, Scream 1, and, yeah, yeah, she's old enough, she saw it, um, I love, I affectionately call, you know, you gotta remember, I'm a horror fan too, right, so, but I call the Scream Nation, the Scream horror fans, right, that's the Scream Nation. I mean, mm. Scream fans are just bigger, better, faster, more of them, whatever. And there's like the Michael Myers fans. There's, you know, all Jason fans. I'm not taking any of that away. But Scream fans are a special bunch. And I really love them. And uh, I get, and it's generational. You know, Scream one's mm. almost, uh, what are we, 27 years old, 28 years old now? So, yeah. you know, we're seeing generations. I have people come up to me telling me that I wrecked their childhood and I wrecked their, you know, their high school and all this. And then I have grandma, mom and their kids. So it's really cool. But like anytime 
you know, someone comes out like, oh, my little boy or my little girl just loves your character. And they're like five years old. I'm like, tell me they hadn't seen this movie yet. No, <laughs> no. And so uh, that's why I was teasing you about, man, is she old enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, no, no. So, so I started watching horror movies when I was five. Yeah, that's when I started. Yeah, I, I watched, I think the first one I watched was Final Destination. And then from Final Destination, my mom was like, okay, we're going to watch Scream. And I was like, huh? What's what's Scream? And I don't think I hadn't finished Scream till I was like maybe nine. Because I was so scared of that like one scene where the boyfriend's just all disemboweled. And I'm like, no, I can't do this. What was his character's name? Steve? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But like, yeah. it was like, I remember my sister just sitting there. She's like, so, who's the killer? And I'm like, you gotta watch this movie, man. Like, it's good. And the entire time she's like, is this killer? I'm like, stop, just watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. But like, you've made such an impact, I think, on many, many people's childhoods and everything. And I'm assuming you've just... Like, you know, you're proud of your work and everything. Yeah, I'm very proud of that 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 character. I'm glad I got a chance to to bring it to life with lists, you know. And um, it kind of ebbs and flows. Like, the way I portrayed that character in one and two is different than it got played out in three, four, and five. Mm. You know, I like six. I think uh, it's like that. face in six did a good job of bringing back some um, aggression and some um, the way he moves, you know, it's with authority and direct and things like that. And that's how Wes and I talked about. Um, I've said it on many interviews. Wes told me he moves like a phantom, mm. right? And if you, if you look how I zip through the house and, and things like that, it's very swift and direct. It's with intention. Yes, very, very frightening. And, you know, I think. I've noticed like there was a lot of like you did a lot of like practical like you know falls and like you got hit with a lot of stuff I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, and that's that was it. We got to remember, Scream, even though it was a horror movie, was a little bit campy and a little bit almost it was almost a comedy. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, you know, there was some lightheartedness into it. One of the reasons that didn't get like an X rating back in the day was because the producers went into the uh, the ratings board and said, "No, this is a comedy," and they passed it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, they were going to like, you know, disemboweling kids is not uh, not conducive to our ratings. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was, they they had to dance a little bit to get it rated. Now, what was it like working with Wes and just, you know, being on set with him? Yeah, I did a bunch of Wes shows. I, you know, my first Wes show was Nightmare One, and I did everything through Scream 2 with Wes, with the exception of, I didn't do Serpents in the Rainbows, uh, which was a really good piece. That's probably his best work, in my opinion. Um, so I'd done a bunch of shows with Wes, and, you know, Wes was really... He's a super intelligent guy, great sense of dry humor. He'd tell you a joke on Monday, you'd laugh on Friday. And, uh, always cool. Never saw him lose his temper. He might have gotten hot, but he never blew up. You know, he never lost his cool. So, mm-hmm. learned a lot about. Uh, I learned quite a few tricks from Wes. He was a good dude. I mean, he was totally underrated for his time. 
Yeah, definitely. I think Wes, I, I remember reading something about a fan coming up to him basically saying how, like, his movies have kind of, like, like, like it was kind of, it, it gave the inspiration of Scream, and he would, the fan was like, like what, are, what are you doing? And, like, then Scream just totally changed the slasher genre from what it was, and now we're here, you know, 20 Yeah, it actually did. So back when, you know, when we shot the, fir- the very first one, um, it, it, it was... It was calculated and targeted, right? We went specifically after an, uh, uh, an age range for that film. Um, mm-hmm. It was a movie within a movie, parodied a movie within a movie, right? So they're talking about how the killers. No one never prior to that. No one ever talked about how you know horror movies were like you know Randy's rules, right? So nobody had ever talked. Yeah. Nothing's never been done before. Yeah. And um, if you look at the formula of the original Scream, was it ninety six? And you look at the formula of Scream 6, 30 years later, approximately, mm. almost identical formula. I'm not talking yeah. direction and style. I'm just talking about the formula of making a hit movie, right? Mm. If you look at the formula, you know, it was what age-specific, very targeted. It had it talked about whatever was going on in, in that time frame, right? So 96 had its own headaches. In 2000, here we are, you know, 30 years later, we have a whole different social dynamic going on in the world. It, it addresses those. Um, and so it's the same formula. It didn't deviate much. So if you, if you take away the emotional content, and producers and directors may or may not yell at me, it's probably some fans. But if you look at how Scream 1, the original was, and you look how Scream 6 is, formula yeah. is the same, in my opinion. It didn't yeah. deviate that much. And I really, I enjoyed 6. I, like, I enjoyed 6 too. Like it's, you know, the humor and everything that's there and, you know, all right, so let me let me put you on the spot as as the host. What did you oh. think about the actual ending ending? The ending ending. ending, ending. Mm. Mm. So come on, so put it out there. The, the ghost face <laughs> reveal, very much of a hot take on my end. I, I it's I see what they're doing. They're basically it kind of reminded me of Scream Two with the reveal of 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 Mrs. Loomis's Mrs. Loomis. Right. And I was like, okay, who is Ghostface? There's three of them. Who is it? Yeah. And then I was like, hmm. You, you did. You did the scream too. And yeah, I was. Did, but, you know, go ahead. I think it was very. It was good. But I don't. Like. Immediately, I remember, like, Jack Champion's character. I'm like, okay, that's automatic. Like, like, you're suspicious. Like, you're at Econ, and you're not there. That obviously raises a red flag in my head. And the entire time, I'm like, okay, that's weird. That's weird. You're Ghostface. Yeah, I, uh, I, pegged, uh, I, pegged, I pegged the father guy early on in the film, right? Oh. But, yeah, I just, like, I, could, I just knew his character was going to... I I wouldn't even actually, I wasn't thinking multiple characters or multiple ghost face. Mm -hmm. So is it ghost faces or ghost face I? (laughs) So, but here's, here's where six went off the rails for me. And it's uh, the very end when everybody's like, they're wrapping it up. And uh, what's the character that gets stabbed on the, of the subway? Oh, Oh, no, Mindy. Uh, Mindy. Yeah. Right. She's quote unquote gutted like a fish. Right. 
Yeah. They just, yeah. And here she comes walking to the ambulance, like holding her side like a flesh wound, like a Monty Python film. And then the other guy, uh, what's his character's name? Chad. The guy that got Benny haunted, right? Yeah. I'm like, and he's sitting up on the gurney. I'm like, give me a break. You know, there's no way. I understand mm-hmm. we got to get seven. We got to make them survive. But if they're going to survive, just have them barely survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't. I hated that ending. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. With Chad, I was like, okay. okay. Damn. Damn. Homie's gone. gone. Yeah, right? You write him off. And here he is like sitting up on the on the gurney without oxygen, without anything, you know, not all mm-hmm. bad. I'm just like, oh, that was just, uh, it was, I would like, it's, it's not that I liked his character, but I'd like to see him dead, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or if he's alive, you don't know how alive he is, and this maybe they slap him in the back of the ambulance with one hand hanging down, and he's looking really bad. I don't yeah. know. I, but the way they wrapped up the ending with everybody walking around that had just been mayhemed, and they're walking it off, I'm just like, oh, so weak. So, so, so weak. <laughs> So yeah, I didn't I think, like the ending at all. Yeah. yeah. Now, no, with Chad, with like, Chad, like, I'm sitting there I'm and I'm like, okay. okay. I, like, I read something I read and they're basically saying, like, from, from people, what, people, what people are taking away is that, is that he's the he's new the Dewey. Dewey. And, and I kind of I see it. Because, because Dewey is like, God, like he's gotten stabbed. stabbed. But, like, they're all in the back. And they're not as bad as getting pincushioned. Right, exactly. That guy would have been leaking like a sieve. I mean, (laughs) yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not going to read too much into it because I'm really going to let seven happen for whatever it is. But but once again, that is the beautiful thing about the Scream Nation. I love Mm -hmm. all the input and different angles and different hypotheses and all that cool stuff. That's what makes Scream Nation so awesome. That's why I love that fan base, myself included. You know, so... We'll see. You know, seven's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. Who knows when, where, or how, but uh, mm. it'll be off to the races, and I hope it goes great. I'd love to be a part of it if uh, they can figure out how to cameo me. Uh, we'll go there, too. So who knows? Yeah. Now, what do you, now, think, what do you think? Like, what is your favorite your kill favorite out of all, all six movies? Six movies? Mm, I like the kills in six pretty good. Obviously, I mean, there's the number... My scene in Scream 1 is by far the best scene there is mm-hmm. out of the whole genre, okay? It is iconic scene. It's top 10 stuff, right? So when you yeah. get to look at the last 50 years of horror, and really we could run it back to the 30s, um, mm-hmm. let's call it almost like 75 years of horror. When you look at that, there's certain epic scenes. Uh, Scream 1 is going to be one of them. The, the kill scene in Psycho, Hitchcock classic, right? The shower scene. Yeah. Uh, iconic. You know, stuff like that. So as far as magnitude, top 10 stuff, Scream 1, Scene 1, Kill Drew 1, that one. Um, oh, yeah. And then uh, it's, 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 I like the brutality of Scream 6, right? Because that's kind of a little bit more where my head was with the character of the original Ghostface. Mm. Uh, so I like I like that part. Um you know, everything two through two through five, there was nothing reinvented there. I didn't see anything stand out, right? Mm-hmm. My, take, My take, so, so after, after I saw Scream I 6, I was sitting there and I'm like, they really like went, like they went for it for like the gore and everything. And yeah, yeah, they, they, they brought it, you know, but they, they, yeah. they needed to. Because uh, Scream 5 did okay. You know, the brothers did get on that. It was solid. Obviously, it was good enough to get six. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a really good nod to Wes and Wes's directorial style about midway through. Um, uh, I really appreciated that um, on number five. But yeah, that's, and even in number five, it was still a little bit Keystone Cops, you know, the, the way that Ghostface moves and you know, every time he, he couldn't, he's like tripping over his shadow and his shoestrings and really kind of goofy, almost clownish. So I'm glad they straightened up the character a little bit. Yeah. Now, what do you think about the opening scene with the kind of, like, fake out? You knew it was coming. Right? You're talking about the opening sequence on six, right? Yeah. You knew it was coming. Right? Yeah. Um, It was okay. I mean, they did an okay job on the suspense bob of it and, you know, the the telephone dialogue. But you knew she was going to get whacked. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah, she was the she was the poor victim. Um, I enjoyed the opening sequence, and in, in the sense that yeah, even though I knew she was going to get killed, that how were they going to do it? Right, mm-hmm. it's kind of neat how you know this guy played Ghostface, and as he's walking away, he pulls you know puts the mask on and off and reveals all that stuff. So I like that. It was kind of a little bit of a curveball there. I appreciated it. Yeah. That one really caught me off guard. I was like, okay, cool. And now, and I was like, oh, no, we're not doing that. Okay. But I think that was really good. And I think now I've always wondered this with, um, with Dewey's sister's kill with the garage door. I've always wondered. Yeah. I always wondered. How is it possible for a garage door to do that? <laughs> it's not, but you know, it's, there's a lot of things in movies that doesn't supposed to happen. Last time I checked, we couldn't jump cars like we do now, but uh, <laughs> CGI wise. So and the yeah. thing about Rose is, you know, Rose is about this big around when we shot mm-hmm. that, and uh, and that the dog door that was in the garage was huge. So we actually had to work around how thin she was and do a few tricks, but. Yeah, that was just, it was just implied, you know, that's all it was. Because everybody has garage doors and they know darn well that you can't, you know, put a hundred pounds on them and have it lifted up, right? So Yeah. Yeah. Because we've all hung on the garage doors and wrecked them. <laughs> they all come crashing come down. down. Yeah, they fall apart. But, you know, it's, it was a creative way to kill somebody. So good on West. Yeah, definitely. I think... What is your stance on um, the Randy kill? Mm. I liked how it was done because he's watching the movie, right? mm. and, it, and you know it kind of goes back to his rules, and uh, you know and he gets stabbed from behind, which is classic. I love that that scene, and so uh, yeah. To go into the detail of it from the crazy scream nation, as you know, some of the collectors out there are just top shelf. And, uh, you know, yeah, I got a few of them back here, but I always go out to a select few, two or three people that I reach out to. And there's actually a Randy Kill scene mask. There's one mask that was used in that scene, and that's how crazed and analytical and detailed are this that the scream nation is. I never wow. knew that. I'm like, oh, just, you know, so like, I never knew there was a specific match for that. And it was found and located and all this other great stuff. Cool. Uh, but like, 
from when I wore the KMD, the original one, when I killed Voodoo, to the one we cut to and when we did the interior of the house. I, I didn't even blink an eye. Didn't even care. Didn't even think about it. It was a white mask. I'm making a movie. I'm a working stunt guy. We're just making a movie. Bam. You know, I'm off to the next show in a couple of weeks. People are like, hey, did you know that? I'm like, no, nah, I didn't even know there was a difference. Much more, and I didn't care. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, I care now. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you ever did you like ever take, like take anything from the scream sets at all? No, I would not. I didn't get a whole lot of artifacts and stuff. You know, I'm just a working stunt guy. I never did autographs. Never got pictures of the people I doubled. I was just, you know, never did. You know, because I was really old school. Then you just didn't do that. Right? I mm. very seldom did I ever get a picture of me doubling somebody. Um, on Scream Two, I have. One of the Gen 2's poly shrouds, and that was used mainly for the theater sequence. And so um, I have one of those that I got from production. I think, what, like, like, what, what was your favorite moment on, like, set at all? Like, in any, like, any project, any project that you've done at all? I always like being done with a stunt and it went off really well and it looks good and I didn't get hurt. Right. So some, some, you know, I just like after the stunt's done and like everybody's happy with it again. Cause then I know that I did my job. We don't have to do take two. Everybody's happy. Yeah. I'm happy because I gave the director and stunt coordinator what they needed and wanted. I'm happy because I didn't hopefully get hurt. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I always like that feeling of post-completion. Because now that's, I knew I did a good job. Yeah. Was there ever, like, was there ever something that you, that you got injured in? I mean, I got strung out pretty good on Lost World. And uh, I didn't break anything, but man, I was, I was a lot of soft tissue damage when I rode the dinosaur. Remember back in Lost World 2 when the guy gets ripped out of the Jeep? Mm-hmm. between the two dinosaurs like that was me I was doubling uh, what was his name Richard Richard Carr Richard Burr something like that I can't remember um, but I was doubling his character all the way through and you know I get yanked out of the jib and flung around by a big lizard which is nothing but a giant backhoe with some skin and then so that one stretched me out pretty good and then mm-hmm. I've gotten tore up on little stuff. There's an old adage in the stunt game. It's, it's always the little ones that get you. You know, like, yeah, I've been through broken glass a bunch of times and I've fallen and tripped all that stuff. But it's always those little stunts that are just like tripping out of your bed in the morning. That Those are the ones that just tear you up. And I don't know what it is that there's not a stunt guy around that hasn't done just like, oh, just go jump over the couch and just not got wrecked somehow. It's just, mm-hmm. It just comes with the territory. It's really funny. Yeah. What? Um, what was your like? You know, trying to think. What was it like working with um, Nev and all them? You know, so Drew I'd worked before with. Um, you know, and then on my on screen one I didn't. I was around Matt and Jamie and then 
Skeet probably didn't come in for, for the first week. But yeah. um, I was around them, but I was doing, they weren't actually on set every night, or if they were, they were off studying their stuff and working their lines. So I didn't hang out with them too much. Uh, no, total pro. I mean, we, uh, we did that whole sequence and we were doing all the cars and stuff. And, you know, she's, she's very sweet and nice person. So was Drew. They're very, they're very pleasant people. I like being around them. You know, it's not like I have coffee with them or anything, but uh, I crossed Neff's path with them a yeah. time or two. So. Mm. Yeah, I got people walking in my this room. <laughs> That's right. This is what's editing for. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm trying to like think. What was it like doing Christina, like Christine, and like what what was it like? How did that how did that go? So that was a pivotal movement, uh, a pivotal moment. So here it is my first extras job, right? Mm. And what what the driver on that was is I wanted to be uh, the stunt coordinator, and uh, that was the way to get onto the set without getting thrown off or yelled at or have to be sneaky about it. And I remember I was with a good friend of mine who was in the business with me. We were both up-and-coming guys. And I remember sitting on – we had we were the extras, so we would get the box lunch and have to sit on the grass while the main production and crew were on the other side, literally on the other side of the chain link fence, having craft service and eating, catering, you know, surf and turf. And I was sitting there with my buddy, and I'm like, one of these days – going to be on the other side of the fence right and it's and that and that was a true driver that was actually a pivotal moment because i knew i had to be on the other side of the fence and what i had to do to get there was just hustle put my head down and grind and that's mm-hmm. what i did for the next you know, 30 years but um, so yeah that was uh, and it was a good way i learned a lot just by keeping my mouth shut and watching how things were flowing and moving and who was running what, the second ADs, the first ADs, the assistant directors, and you know, and all that, and how cameras worked, and watched a couple of stunts go off, and it was neat. I learned a lot, but it was very motivational, very motivational. And sure enough, about, it was probably 10 years later, I was sitting at catering, right? I was on the other side of the fence, I was sitting with my friend who was still in the business, stunt guy, and I'm like, we both thought about it at the same time because there's the extras and they're on the other side of the fence and they're eating a box lunch. And I, and I vividly recall, I'm like, hey, you remember back on our first job back on Christine when we were on that side of the fence? So, so anytime I, I'm very respectful and appreciative and, and I never get an attitude or anything about extras that were asking questions or approaching me or any of that stuff because I remember, I still do this day, that's why I, I'm very humbled and very grateful and very blessed to even be doing a your podcast, much less all these conventions and you know and, mm-hmm. and keeping that scream notoriety alive. So that's how important that very first that that very first extras look was. And the kicker on that is doing a shameless plug here for uh, one of my cons that is coming up here in a couple months. We're doing we're doing flashback week in Chicago. And they're going to have the cast and the car, Christine, at that con. 
though. That'll be the first time. And you got to remember, I mean, that that was 83 when they shot that. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to go check out the car again. And, and uh, Dick Warlock, great stunt coordinator, good buddy of mine. He was a stuntman at that time, right? And uh, he was on that film. He was stunt coordinator, but he was on uh, on Christine also. So he's going to be out there in Chicago. So. Um, for all you uh, Midwest Northern folks there, come on out and see me. Hopefully you'll find Dick and I together because you want to hear some trash talking and some great storytelling. You know, you put the two of us together and it's just hilarious and fun. So it's going to be great to see Dick again. Now, like, like that's, honestly, because I think I find it amazing because there's always people who, you know, very like humbling you I like you know it's really really cool because I like there are people who want to do you know PA and there are people who want to do like extra work and like what do you like for people who want to get into the industry like besides you know like people who want to get in the industry like what like words of advice do you have um if there's anything else you want to do with your life do it because that is how brutal this industry is. This industry eats its own young, and it is a tough racket. And if you sit there and go, I don't want to do anything else with myself. If I don't do this, I will not live, right? I mean, that's how that's how passionate and driven you have to be. And you got to be good at marketing. you got to be good at promoting. And you just got to flat out hustle. It is not given to you. Not given to you. And so if you want to go direct movies, then start directing movies. And here's what the opportunity of today is. So, you know, you go back 15, 20 years, even, you know, social media is such a great, huge platform. Look at this podcast we're doing, right? We didn't mm-hmm. have this ability you know, 20 years ago, so to speak, um, at least in the same capacity. So there's so much opportunity to, to, to you know, put your art, your craft, whatever that is, out there to the you know to to people so they could see it and make reels so you could go you know and get on to some maybe some other projects and it's all networking it's all taking care of each other and you know like the old saying goes rising tides floats all ships and so there's more opportunity there now than there ever was you know you could I mean look at the look at the stuff that's on YouTube and and just social media I mean there's so great I mean there's full feature length movies that are out there now on social media that never have gone to theater. Right. Yeah. And they're great work. So, but at the end of the day, it's a flat out. Hub. Yeah. So yeah, no. business is always a great thing. Just be ready to do some hard work. That's all it is to it. Mm. Now, do you have any like upcoming projects that you want to tell my listeners about? Yeah. Yeah. That was a great come on. It was amazing. It was so much fun, you know, meeting everybody. It was, and the promoters are doing it again. September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if we'll be out in SoCal back, back then or not. Um, 
I don't think I'm doing the con, but I'll definitely stop by and see him when he dives after when I put that show on and, and you know, say hi to the people. It's, it's just such a great vibe out there. That's what I love about SoCal is, is they have a really cool horror scene that's always on. You know, there's always something in Southern California that is horror related every week. Oh, yeah. much as I don't like being in Southern California because of the great traffic, you know, that they have out there, um, the, uh, I, I like the scene. Of course, I have a lot of friends and, friends and family that like the scene, so, you know, it's, it's SoCal is SoCal, but as far as the horror scene, love it. Love out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, upcoming projects, what do we got? Um, we have, we got Chicago Flashback, that's coming up. I'm going to be out there with, uh, with a little bit. I think, uh, I think Jamie Kennedy's going to be out there with me, and I think Skeet's going to be there. So I'm going to get 18. Oh, wow. I always like hanging out with those guys. Um, and then right after that, I'm going to zip back down here to Texas and bang out uh, the Houston Horror Fest the following weekend. And uh, we're doing some special stuff for Texas and doing some homes. We're doing some, uh, we're doing a lot of co-branding down there with some amazing talented people. So keep an eye on my Instagram for that one. And then we're going to jump out of there, zip over to uh, Colorado the following weekend and do, uh, what is it, CryptCon, I think. I think that's what it's called. And that's in Denver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we'll wrap it up. I think I have a big old podcast right at the end of August. That's that's my snapshot for the next ninety days. Super busy, super busy, super busy. And and as you know, um, we're gonna do the usual uh, wristband giveaway things. Um, for like we did these for three weeks, right? Remember these things I was giving out? Yeah. So yeah. I did ninety six of these a day, right? These are limited edition. They're gonna be numbered, and uh, that's just to say thanks for you know being a scream fan and keeping that genre alive and. Thanks for coming and letting me sign your cool scream stuff. So I'm going to be doing that again at all the conventions. And uh, just to say thanks to the community for, for allowing me to do what I do and being a scream part of the scream nation, that crazy bunch of people that I just love and adore. I'm so glad to be a part of it. You know, like I said, I'm yeah. a fan, right? I mean, look at behind me. You know, so, <laughs> it's like a bunch of masks. I like being a horror fan. I grew up, I started watching horror when I was five years old and I watched all the classics, you know, Frankenstein, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon is my all-time favorite. To this day, it's still my favorite. Uh, the Wolfman, I mean, all of them. I watched them all. Yeah. Now, was there ever like a, a horror movie that scared you like so badly? Um, you know what, really, I know, I, and I, even to this day, I probably still hate them, but those Flying monkeys in Wizard of Oz. I hate those flying monkeys, man. Those things scared oh. the crap out of me. I look at a monkey now, I still have trouble. So I hated the flying monkeys when I was when I was a kid watching uh, Wizard of Oz. Um, what else? The, that was probably the the one because I was so impressionable and young at that time. But the flying monkeys scared the snot out of me when I was younger. 
Exorcist was pretty pretty cool. I like that. It didn't scare me, scare me, but it was like it was it was pretty neat. Um, let's see, what I like. I kind of got me going. Amityville Horror, the original one, kind of I like. That one kind of got me going. That's a good one. Yeah, but everything else is you know I grew up on black and white, and then um, back in junior high and high school, me and my buddies would be sit there. We'd blow out school or get out of school and go catch freaking matinees and watch the best B horror we could find. The more, the more B horror it was, the better we liked it. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. great. I loved practical blood and guts. And, uh, oh yeah. A lot of directors are going that way. And it's really Amazing. Cool. So, yeah, it's really cool to see it swing back towards some practical stuff. I like that. Mm. Man. All right. Um, Lee, thank you for coming on. And Thanks for having me. What a fun little, what a fun time we had, right? You know, we sat yeah. and went down the rabbit hole and, and talked holy cool stuff. It's usually what I do. Stuff. You know, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me out there. And, you know, we're pod guys and we think we can say, being that you were crazy enough to come up to me over at the Big Creep IE and was like, hey, you want to be on a podcast, Mike? Yeah, sure. And then, of course, it took us, what? <laughs> Four months to figure our schedule out or whatever it was. I mean, yeah, it yeah. took forever. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is between your schedule and my schedule, and mm. yeah, that works or no, that doesn't work. And you know, people don't see that or realize that really that in order to pull a podcast off, you know, yeah. there's a lot of scheduling, there's a lot of moving parts to, to come together. And I think it did take you and me probably about six weeks to kind of finally get here, right? Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Um, maybe we'll cross paths out at uh, Aftermath. I'm oh, yeah, definitely. For, uh, for a day and say hi to Nick and the promoters and, and yeah. a lot of the vendors who I do a lot of cross promotions with. So maybe we'll cross paths out there. But either way, you know, you and I are in touch on Instagram, which is where I plug most of the time. Yeah. That's what this is about. This is, as long as I'm having fun with this and the people want to put up with me, by all means, I'll do it. It's really about the school industry and the fans. It's so cool to be a part of it all. It was a pleasure having you on. You know, thank you for just you know taking the time out of your day and just you know oh, yeah. a month. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Um, so thanks for everybody for tuning in. Everybody viewed. I love you guys. Peace. All right, later. Uh, Lee, is there anywhere where people can find you on Instagram or oh, yeah, you know Twitter? Uh, so on Instagram, I carry about two or three accounts uh, just for redundancy in case my primary, which is. The underscore Lee underscore Waddell. So Lee Waddell. Um, that's my primary. And find me there. And then my secondary backup is the original Ghostface. And so that way if one gets hacked or cut out of me, you know, <laughs> if, I get blo- if I get blocked by Instagram for saying something, I'll still have a backup account and still get talking to you people. So yeah, yeah. Instagram is my main uh, social media. I don't, I'm not a big social media fan, but Instagram is probably the user-friendly best interaction. So find me there and check me out on Instagram and like and follow because I'm usually doing something pretty clownish on there at any given time, or at least you can keep up with what's going on at the con and see what's going on. That's where I'm at. All right. My name is Angel. This is Lee Waddell. You guys already know my Instagram, all that old jazz. But yeah. Um, yeah. Later. <laughs>